Hello and welcome to Touchline. My name is Kasper Els and I'm here with Mark Cameron. Hello Mark. Hi Kas, nice to be back. Um, looking forward to our program lineup. We've got discussions about Brad Binder, Super Rugby out to Arua, English Premiership Rugby, the November Tests and the Lions International Sports Festival that we'll be discussing today. Yes, what a lineup, Mark. Um, starting with Brad Binder, following on uh, our discussion previously, uh, Brad once again made South Africa proud, um, coming fourth in the last MotoGP. He was only 5.5 seconds off the front runners and 0.3 of a second in front of Rossi, which I believe is absolutely phenomenal. This also puts Brad fourth on the point standing with 41 points, with a leader at 67 points, with 10 races to go. So if Brad can keep it together, Mark, I believe he can definitely do it. Well, if you listen to the commentary on Sunday when the race was taking place, even in the qualifiers on Saturday, I think the person's name that was mentioned most was probably Brad Binder, and they are singing his laurels, which is which is great from a South African point of view. And if Definitely. you think of how young this guy is, all the potential that he has, I think yes. uh, KTM should hold on onto him for for a good yeah. couple of years to come because I think he's going to make waves sooner rather than later. Well, I can't see KTM letting him go. I mean, they want to want to win the Jeep MotoGP. And he's the man to do it for them. Yeah, no, agreed. So well done, Brad. Definitely. Um, next in line, obviously, we, we talk Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, as we all know that COVID-19 has hit New, New Zealand again, unfortunately. Second wave's there. Yes, and it put a damper on the last round of Super Rugby in New yeah. Zealand. All, that, all credit to Crusaders, though, for, for winning the inaugural Super Rugby Aotearoa in New Zealand um, with one game to spare. If you look at their specific game against the Blues, was cancelled due to yes. them being in lockdown three, I think it is. And then, obviously, the Islanders and the Hurricanes, their game was played with no spectators for yes. the first time in, in this tournament. But once again, it shows you how important it is to play from game one and to make sure that you that you accumulate the points, that should something like this happen, you can still win the series. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, other than that, if you look at COVID-19 worldwide, this is the effect that it has. And unfortunately, like New Zealand, um, they were COVID-free. And with the odd case that, that came up again as being yes. positive, uh, it had such a major effect on on the on super rugby there by them and you know it's sad that it had to happen at a time like that where crusaders were on a high and the ideal thing to do is play your last game and hopefully win and then be crowned champions but it shows you how good they are they they proved they it are. from yeah. day one in, in with with the super rugby started way back when super rugby i think it was 10 teams that participated yeah, super 10 um yeah it's correct and i mean they've been leading the the race since then so yes they have with them Winning their inaugural one, um, I think they're definitely the team that set the bar and people need to try and to follow. Definitely. 
Then moving on, we uh, also saw the start of the English Premiership Rugby um, in England, which was also good because we saw a few of our South African rugby players partaking in, in those tournaments. Um, the one that I'd like to draw attention to was the first one that, that kicked off the Premiership on Friday night. The one night. on Friday night, yeah. Well, so Friday night South African time, but uh, yes. Um, and that was the one where Sale Sharks played against Harlequins, hosted by Harlequins at the Stoop. If you look at them, um, you know, we had two South Africans playing for Harlequins, um, and we had eight South Africans playing in the Sale Sharks side, of which seven of them were Springboks. Yeah, if you look at those names, um, most of them are Sharks in any case. Correct. We had Kuni Wistazen, Akker van der Merwe, Jean-Luc de Prie, Loot de Jager, uh, John Ross, Dan de Prie, Faf de Klerk, Rob de Prie, and you can carry on. They were all there. Definitely. So, so the only one, obviously, in the Sale Shark side that wasn't Springbok is John Ross. Um, he played for the Bulls. He captained the Bulls a few years ago. Um, but what I'd like to ask in, in this specific game, hence the fact that I said I'd like to focus on this one, other than the Springboks that were involved in that game, there were obviously a few quality players from different countries, including England. What effect do you think the COVID-19 infections had on the restart of this game? And I'm saying that specifically because the Sale Shark side was laden with internationals, obviously more so South Africans. Yet, Harlequin surprised everyone and they beat Sale Sharks, but the Sale Sharks game never got the flow of international rugby or rugby that has been taking place week in and week out. So you could see it was the start of a yes. new season, if you want to call it that. Definitely. But I think it also leveled the playing field. If you look at the international players, they um, day in and day out, in and out, out of your provincial sides and into your, your national side where they get better, if I can say better, better or more quality coaching and then moving back into your provincial side where they had the exposure from international rugby, moving back into your provincial side and then with that experience they take on the, the lesser sides or the lesser players. Whereas now with the COVID, everybody had the same for the last couple of months. They were all at exactly the same level. Now bringing them back into, into international rugby they're all on the same level. They've all got the same exposure. They all got the same game time. They all had the same training. They were all exactly the same. Just showing you that the international rugby season or the test season does create a better player and does create a player with more experience that can perform better against your lesser sides or your lesser players. Whereas this in the corona has leveled out the playing field. So do you think if you look at professional rugby compared to, let's say, Toti Club rugby, you have a look at a side professionally now like Harlequins playing Sale Sharks, where the Sale Sharks on paper were the superior side compared to Harlequins, although they're both professional outfits. Yes. Compare that to club rugby where you have a team that has maybe no Sharks contracted players, or less than another team. Yes. 
the difference between those. And I'm asking that because this was a prime example where you had professional players playing against each other and one possibly more internationals than the other team. Yet, the superior side battled to overcome the opposition. Um, I think in club rugby you're going to have the, the exact same scenario. Um, for, the, for the bigger sides or the, or the more experienced side, or as you said, the side with the, with the more, more Sharks players in it, if they're going to underestimate the lesser clubs, they're going to make a big mistake. Um, they will definitely be in the same situation as the, as the Sale Sharks. Um, once again, it levels out the playing field. Nobody has um, play time. Nobody had proper training time. Nobody had time to really prepare properly to, to play these games. And now you go out on the field and it's level playing field. It's, it's level pegs. So I believe that if the bigger clubs or the more experienced clubs are going to underestimate the, the lesser, they're going to go the same way as the sales shocks. Mm. No, I agree with you. I mean, we saw that in the World Cup as well. And yes. with all due respect to them calling them a smaller nation, Japan in the previous World Cup surprised South Africa. Yes. And in the past World Cup, I mean, they were the team that everyone was talking about, yet they were the lesser nation, if you can put them in, no, that, in that side. You know? So um, that brings me to another, another uh, game that, that played out this weekend where Saracens played against the Bristol Bears. Um, and for the listeners that don't know this, Saracens were relegated in the end of last year because of a few, um, I think it was a salary cap issue. It was a salary cap issue, And yes. then they got duck points in that, but yes. regardless of, of what the issues were, they were relegated. Yes. And they played against the Bristol Bears. Their coach is Pat Lamb. And if I'm not mistaken, he was the Samoan coach previously. So yes. an old New Zealand um, part of the New Zealand setup, obviously, where Samoa and New Zealand played years years gone by, he was a very good player himself. The Bristol Bears beat Saracens in oh, that specific game. Sixteen twelve. Well. So um, it also goes to show that you know Saracens in a new league, probably, and and well, a lower league than what they used yeah, to. So who are we to to judge to say why it happened? But. In, in our experience, we've, we've picked up before. So if we had to play from a pre Premier Division side, play against the First Division side, it's just yes. natural that you underestimate because you think you're better than them. So I'm not saying that's what happened. But could that possibly have been it? Because Bristol Bears actually played very well um, compared to Saracens. Well, I will say it's twofold, Mark. The first, first I would say yes. Maybe they did underestimate them. Uh, moving down from a, a higher league to a lower league, um, thinking that they, it, it should be a walk in the park because they haven't been relegated because of their performance. They've been relegated because of, of money issues. Um, that could be the first one. The second one as well, and as we know from experience, is that your, your lower level or your lower league teams normally... Um, step up a notch if they play a, a higher league team. They've just got that hunger to go out and show that they can beat you. And if you then step into the ring with, a, with an attitude of, we're just going to go and beat these guys quickly, you're making the mistake of your life. Mm. 
because you will get hammered. You will get hammered. No, for sure. We've seen it in the past where, yes. where your lower, so-called lower sides, if they're in the hunt until the last whistle, basically, then they would, in all probability, beat you at the end. They will. Because, yes. um, you know, the, the, the bigger sides are possibly not used to going into the last quarter or the last five minutes in a game where you really have to fight for survival against a team that is hungry, that wants to prove a, prove yes. a point. Um, I think in, in Saracen's defence as well, though, you know, as you rightfully touched on just now, um, it's not a matter of poor performance that got them there. Yes. It's a matter of administration that went wrong. But don't you think that could possibly have had an effect in the game as well from a simple point of view that not underestimating, but it's because it's a different level and I know it's a professional setup, but maybe the focus is different because players might not be happy. I mean, they salary, so they get paid to play there. That's their, that's their jobs to be there. But they might not be happy to, to be at that specific level as internationals. Well, as a player, um, you will know as well. As a player, if you played Premier League and now suddenly you've got to go play first division, it's not, it's not the best thing. It's not where you want to be. You want to measure yourself against the best. And now you've got to go out and measure yourself against the so-called second best. And then going onto the field and things not working out your way and you're not quite as sharp as you should be due to the coronavirus and the, the playing field being leveled out by the virus and you not or you haven't played for, for quite some time and you get stuck with a side like Bristol and you don't know how to get out of it because you're not at that level. So mentally you're not as tough as you think you're supposed to be. Secondly, you're not as fit and as conditioned as you're supposed to be, and now the team doesn't operate the way they're mm -hmm. supposed to operate, and you just can't get out of it. it. It's difficult. It's difficult for that player that's used to Premier Division, to the, the best players, or to play against the best players in the world, and now he's got to play against these guys, and these guys actually outperform him. It's difficult to get back from there mentally. Just shows you the wonder of, of sport. Um, you're never, you're never too, too well prepared to guarantee success. Definitely. And uh, more so in rugby, and I'm speaking rugby only now, so um, more so in rugby where you need to fight for yes. 80 minutes in a game to ensure that, that you're successful. I mean, if you look at the All Blacks, they might be behind with 20, 20 points and 10 minutes to go. They will back themselves to win that game at the end yes. of it. You know? And this is a prime I mean, example. Yeah, but like Saracens... Uh, a side like Sales Sharks and Saracens, um, Saracens they, they've got the quality to do that as well. Yeah, they have got the quality <clears throat> to do it, and they've done it before in Premier League. But now suddenly you play one league below where you're supposed to play, and a team like Bristol comes and, and, and holds you for 80 minutes mm -hmm. and then beat you. Mm -hmm. Mentally, that must, it must have some effect on the players in that last 20 minutes that they just can't break it. And I just believe they, they will go into a mode where they, where they would rather um, try and protect the damages or, or, or limit the damages than actually go out and, and fight for it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think it's exciting for, for the following week. You know, this was only the first round of, of the new yes. premiership and exciting to see how the quality teams like the Sale Sharks um, and Saracens in the lower division will actually bounce back. 
um, to, to put up there and to say, listen, this is not the end. There's still lots of work left. Yeah. But I think this is also where your coach is going to come in. Definitely. Absolutely come in to try and, and settle these guys down, get their heads right, mm. um, get the attitudes back into place and get the teamwork into, into action and get these guys to perform at the level where they know they can. No, definitely. And it's exciting. So, you know, um, I think the, the world is looking at the premiership as well because yes. that's where your money lies. Yeah. There's so many New Zealand players that have gone over, South African players, um, even Australian players that have gone over there to, to stake their claim. So that brings me to the next topic, um, which is the November internationals. Because of COVID-19, things have changed. Traditionally, the Southern Hemisphere tour north Yes. Um, so we traditionally play England or Scotland or Wales or whatever, and so with New Zealand and Australia. Um, so, so just for that, obviously there will be no traditional November tests. Yeah. So what will be happening is there's a, in the north there's a new eight nations that's that's going to be taking place. Um, they'll be playing in two pools. So the one pool will have England, Ireland, Wales, and Fiji, and the other pool will have France, Scotland. Italy and Japan. So that's the six nations that have been made a little bit bigger, yeah. including two extra teams, and obviously that is Fiji and Japan. And I think that's that's wonderful for, for world rugby in general. It is. It is good. It's nice that they're bringing in fresh teams, new teams, to come and compete against them in the so-called six nations. Um, two different teams coming in to, to compete against them. And it's, once again, it's to see what, what happens. Maybe the, the lesser teams can, can now make the bigger teams sweat a bit. Um, again, with the corona leveling out the playing field, might be, or we might see a couple of upsets here. Definitely. And I'm, you know, Fiji, Fiji being the big, strong guys that love running rugby, I'd like to see them, but I'm quite excited to see Japan try and stake a claim in that tournament because they will be playing against teams that they beat in the World Cup. They definitely will. And I mean, Japan showed that they're hunger to, or very hungry to win. They've got the hunger to play the game. Um, and once again, I want to say, the playing field's leveled out. If they are better prepared and mentally stronger than any one of those teams, they stand a very good chance of beating them and, and actually going through and, and, and win the series. Yeah, for sure. Then what's also exciting is, obviously, this time normally, we have our own Super Rugby Championship that, that yes. takes place, which now has been postponed, if you want to call it that, and it's been moved to November. Yes. Um, what is going to happen here, though, is because of travel restrictions and so forth, I think New Zealand will be hosting it, um, that means that a team like South Africa will need to travel to New Zealand to go and play in all the games there against Australia and New Zealand. We need to go yes. two weeks prior to that to self-quarantine. Um, how do you think that will affect us more so, our preparations and the longevity of the tour? Mark, I think travelling to New Zealand to go and play all your games in New Zealand, first of all, you're losing your spectator value, you lose your your home ground advantage. Um, you're playing in New Zealand where those guys are quite comfortable to play. They, they're all at home. Um, they stay with their families. they with the families all the time. 
And our guys, now, first of all, they've got to go there um, two weeks prior to the start of this tournament. Um, how the training is going to go and how they're going to be allowed to train in that two weeks is also a bit of a, an issue. Um, are they going to be allowed to, to f do physical training? Are they, they going to be allowed to, to get together properly and train properly in that two weeks that they've got to quarantine? Then the, the next thing is, how are they going to perform once they get playing? Um, it's two weeks away from home already. Um, will that quarantine period have an effect on the training, on the mental uh, toughness of the players? And will they be prepared enough to take on New Zealand at home in all the tests? Oh, look, I think, I think it's a massive challenge for us. Um, I do think that we'll be up, up for it, though, because, unfortunately for us, that will be our first outing as the World Cup, like the holders of the World Cup, at least, um, under Jacques Nienaber. So the challenge is going to be awesome. But I think it's a nice stepping stone to prepare us for the British and Irish Lions when they, when they come to South Africa. And with all due respect to all countries, um, I think it's a massive, massive test for us, more so having to play all our games away. Um, the, the negative part of that, from a South African point of view, is the revenue that we're losing. Obviously, we're in, we're in need is, of yeah. all of that. But from a rugby perspective, if we can do well in that championship away from home, that, and more, more so in New Zealand, it would set us up quite, quite well for the Lions tour. It will, definitely. Um, I think if we can do well there under these circumstances, um, the confidence in the team will be up and, and it, will, it will help us in the, in the Lions Tour, definitely. I've also heard there's a few concerns with regards to the logistics around possible spectators not being able to go and watch the games or possibly games being cancelled like what happened the past week. Um, yes, I think New Zealand... Are quite fortunate in the in the sense that they um, they haven't felt the corona effect the way the rest of the world has felt it. Um, they got back to to playing rugby and and having spectators at the stadiums very quickly, uh, much sooner than everybody anticipated. And if they can get this the second um, corona infections under under control quickly, um, I believe there will be spectators and they will allow spectators to come and, and, and watch the games but once again all of those spectators are going to be New Zealanders it's going to be their their crowd and we and whoever else plays there are going to have to play in front of a, a New Zealand crowd a full New Zealand wow. crowd because nobody else is going to be allowed to travel so there will be no except for the South Africans or the Australians that stays in New Zealand mm. um, there will be no other spectators or, or supporters to support. Look, I think we will be fortunate in any case. I mean, the last rugby that we played in New Zealand, uh, it was a drawn match against them. Yes. The year before that, we, we beat them. So I think we know how to play against New Zealand and block out that specific... Um, uh, but you must also remember, Mark, it's, they've been playing. No, no, definitely. They've, we've they've definitely been playing behind. up until now, and, and, and we haven't. Yes, we haven't. No, we need to get back into the game and to play at that level so soon after coming out of lockdown and coming out of this corona 
and then take on New Zealand in New Zealand in front of their spectators yeah. is definitely not going to be an easy game. No, look, I think it's a, it's definitely a, a steep ask. But I think with the management that we've got to lead the yeah, box definitely. going forward and, and most of our box being available, yeah. and obviously them being hungry to, to prove a point, and because you know traditionally it's always worked like that, uh, except for New Zealand, um, they the yes. opposite to that. Traditionally with South Africa, we win the World Cup and the next four years oh, we yes, lie down. Nothing, yeah. uh, when New Zealand is the other way around, but for the last two World Cups where, yes. where they won it in succession. So, but it's, 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 it's a challenge that yeah. I think the box would be up for. But also we need to remember that in saying that we've got um, a good team and, and, and we've got the administrators and the coaches and all of those guys, they're all professional and they're all the best we have. They definitely are. But it's also a new setup. It's going to be the first tour for, for Jacques Ninava as the head coach. Um, there's a lot of other people that he brought in that's, that's new. It's going to be a whole new dynamic within the team. Um, then touring away from South Africa uh, without our spectators, it, it's definitely going to be a big ask. And I don't think we need, I believe we, we mustn't expect too much from them. Um, yes, they can upset and, and, and I believe we can win or beat New Zealand in New Zealand. We can win this, but it's going to be a big ask. It's going to be a massive, massive ask. I agree so, but, you know, South Africa is always up for a challenge. Uh, we are a proud nation. We are a proud are. rugby nation. Um, and I think, you know, if, if, it, if we aren't successful, we'll definitely not go down without a fight. No, we're definitely not going to go down without a fight. Um, then, just in conclusion, um, I'd like to chat about the Lions International Sports Festival again that's being held in Cape Town next year from the 27th to the 31st of July. Um, last week we announced that Kingsway High School will be taking a first rugby team, a first netball team and a first hockey team to participate in the tournament where we will try and fly the Toti and South African flag quite high. We also mentioned that the Amamzimtoti Rugby Club um, will hopefully be taking a team or two, and uh, we've got an yes. announcement to make. Yes, first of all, I want to say congratulations to Kingsway High for uh, being able to, to get Toti on the map and take the three teams down to, to Cape Town, and um, we wish you all the best. Thanks. And uh, may you do Toti proud. I'm sure the guys and then, would. And then the Mums and Toti Rugby Club is very proud to announce that um, we will also have two teams there. So Mums and Toti will be well represented. Uh, we'll take a, a Premier, Premier Division first team as well as an under 35. Over the, sorry, over 35. I wish they were still under 35. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they wish they were still under 35. Um, but yeah, we will take a, an old boys or over 35 team and uh, we'll join Kingsway in Cape Town. Uh, it would be awesome. It would be so nice to hopefully support the Toti Rugby guys and vice versa for them to come and support Kingsway. Definitely. I think um, that's a, a given that we need to, to support one another and um, get our youngsters to, to see how we, we do it as, the, as a club and then the club also to come and support the youngsters. And you'd be surprised. We announced on, on Facebook last week that Kingsway would be taking the three sides up there. We've had massive pos positive response coming through. 
Oh, well done. So much so that we've had a few people saying that they live in Cape Town. And if we give them the times and the venues and that, they'll definitely be coming through to support. So I'm hoping that we have a few ex toti people that stay in Cape Town that would come and support the seniors sure, as well. I'm sure there's plenty. And um, I'm sure if they know about it, they will come and support and, and help Toti through this. So would I be correct in saying that Toti Rugby Club would be putting that on Facebook? and Yes, we so definitely forth? will put it on Facebook with all the contact details and, and advertise. Perfect. So just in closing then, um, would you maybe like to share for possible sponsors who wants to come on board to, yes. to help us to travel, um, who they can contact and how they can Definitely go about Mark. it? Um, if there's anybody that would like to, to come on board as a sponsor or to help us with this tour, um, you can contact us, us at um, chairman at amamsintotirugbyclub.co.za or at coach at amamsintotirugbyclub.co.za. Uh, that would be perfect, and, and hopefully we'll get a few people on board. So the same I'd like to say for Kingsway High. Um, obviously, it's a chance and a lifetime for these youngsters to it go is. and participate at the international stage like that. And if anyone is keen to, to help these youngsters fulfill a lifetime dream, to please make contact with myself, Mark, at marketing at kingsway.co.za. Um, and we'll definitely welcome you all to make sure that we have a successful tour going to the Cape. That brings us to the end of our chat show on Touchline. So I want to thank the listeners for, for tuning in again and supporting us. Looking forward to chatting with you all again next week. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for tuning in to Touchline. And please join us next week for another packed rugby chat. Goodbye from Touchline, myself Kasper Els and Mark Cameron. Have a great rugby week.